Welcome to this Business of Music and Poetry podcast, where the life of a creative meets the real world. I'm Michael Amaday, host World Poetry Open Mic, The Michael Amaday Show, author of more books than I should mention, musician, poet, and above all, creative entrepreneur. My collaborator and conspirator in this project is Clifford Brooks, founder of the Southern Collective Experience, host of Dante's Old South on NPR, poet and author of The Draw of Broken Eyes and World of Metaphysics, Exiles of Eden, and Athena Departs, The Gospel of a Man Apart. Well, it's a new year, and in this episode, Cliff and I are going to discuss how we look at a new year, how we plan business and our creative work. We're even going to talk about how we do some personal planning and how we set themes for the year. We hope this will be helpful for you in planning your year as well, maybe give you some things to think about. Grab a pen and some paper. Let's go. All right, Cliff, it's 2020. This is our, uh, this is our first kind of uh, official you and just you and I show in quite a while. Right. Um, but I, I think this is something we talked about doing for a while, which is putting together something about uh, our goals for the year and kind of talking about how we plan the year out doing what we do and kind of offering a context for some of the listeners um, that maybe they can consider when they're planning out how they're going to spend the next year trip around the sun or however you want to say it you know and i I know new year's can be kind of an arbitrary time really it's just we're just choosing a day and going for it you could really choose any time and do this um but why not you know why not this is a good time everybody's thinking about it so uh first of all let's just uh maybe let's just kick into it i mean so so how has the first of the year been for you and uh and how do you or let me ask this. How's the first of the year been for you? And then how do you start thinking about what you want to achieve in the next year? Uh, the the 2020 has been fantastic thus far. Um, the Blue Mountain Review comes out in two weeks. Uh, we've refined uh, the way we run that bad boy from employing Submittable to take all the material in to the editors that are now in place that, that love the job and I love them. And there's really a family that's grown from it. Uh, Dante's Old South, my NPR show, uh, is this the first one of this year is this Thursday, uh, and that uh, I've partnered up with a uh, music promotion company called So Far, and they're they're all over the country. So obviously, me being in Georgia, I work with So Far of Atlanta, and it provides us with up and coming artists uh, to play on the radio, which you know again alleviates me of the the um, the burden of having to come up with everything and bring everything to the table because. When one person runs everything, one person tends to have that voice, and that's not what the Southern Collective Experience or any of the projects that come from it uh, are about. It's, it's about the community. Um, the way that I set goals, uh, um, for instance, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll start with 2019. I put realistic goals in front of me. Uh, I've not always done that. That's, a, that's something new that uh, I've employed, and, and what that does and what I mean by that is, is last year, uh, 2019, was a big infrastructure building year, um, locking in Submittable, uh, getting a fantastic graphic designer, Marie Wright, um, to come in and uh, make the, the magazine really snap, uh, starting to get, get all the logistics in from Issue.com on how many readers we have to sell advertising, getting all the ducks in a row, all those pieces in place uh, to to then get to the, the the bigger game of growing the company, growing um, my creative career. Uh, and in 2019, we very much did that, all those things that I just mentioned. So now in 2020, 
uh, I've kind of shifted the focus away from so much of the Southern Collective experience and putting it back on me and my new book and uh, the the epic that I've uh, just signed with to, you know, that that, that kind of puts the light back on in, uh, my creative works because I've learned that uh, you can't, you, you you can't bow to, to more than one God, but you can have more than one iron in the fire as long as you don't have too many. And we can get into that too as well. So, you know, it's, it, it was about, you know, following the steps, putting down uh, easily attainable and not so easily attainable, small goals uh, that lead to a big one so that, you know, you don't have a, you don't fumble around, fumble around blindly. Uh, does that kind of look what you've done or, you know, how have you, how have you gone about it? Yeah. You know, uh, 2019 was a, uh, you know the the way I started the year, and it's it's funny. I can go look at the notes I made about what I what I wanted to achieve, and and to kind of go through in 2019. And my 2019 ended up looking nothing like that. But I think in in several good ways. Uh, one of them being that I, I left my uh, my full time job to pursue my my career more full time, which I did, and I've made that that transition. I'm at the point now where I'm I've replaced my income with that, and uh, actually wouldn't have made another decision at all. And so it's been um, actually relatively compared to what a lot of people experience. It's been it's been pretty pretty straightforward, pretty pretty great. Um, I did I did run into something I've talked about on my other podcast quite a bit where uh, and I've been really open about this cliff that I started taking Adderall to try to focus more back at the end of 2018, and then started realizing that I was uh, kind of having some weird little moments where <laughs> during the mm-hmm. summer uh, where I was, I was kind of like having like cheerful suicidal thoughts and things, which was just not, you know, I was, I was able to observe myself enough to know that's not me. And I don't know where that's coming from. And uh, so I ended up going off of it, which as anybody who's gone off Adderall knows just knocks you flat as far as your ability to think clearly, your ability to, to really produce on a, on a decent level. And so I had to work my way through that for a few months but I finally come out of it now, and um, I think the thing that I'm really looking forward to is even though I had that situation, it gave me enough fuel to be able to actually write about that experience, learn about how I came out of that kind of thing, and it's filled me with this just kind of immense fire and drive and kind of passion to really, really push 2020 far beyond what I thought 2019 was going to be. And so um, there's been a lot of infrastructure this last year as well. Um, I think musically now my world is far more um, involved than it was last year at this time. I'm playing with with different groups, tons of new musicians, doing some really great work, some some great music, um, a ton of writing, a ton of poetry is happening right now. And uh, I've, I've basically got myself freed up from music. So about four days a week, I'm spending my time writing, just straight writing, yeah. which is which is pretty good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, and so we're, we've got that. We've got World Poetry Magazine hitting later this year, um, which is going to be uh, that's that's an undertaking. It's quite a, we don't we don't know what we don't know yet. You've been doing this a while, and there's all right. these little subtleties, you know. So, uh, so we're, we're working our way through that. Plus we have a, a fictional, essentially what amounts to a fictional podcast network, uh, that's that's starting to bounce up and, uh, we've got all kinds, you know, I've been spending time writing these, these scripts and working through and we've been doing recordings and engineering. And, um, so there's so much stuff that being said, I turned 40 this year, 2020. And so, uh, I also start looking at things like health my relationships, my friendships, whatever. And um, 
I think I have a thing for a travel goal, but let's get to it. Let's get to it in a minute. So, I mean, we're, we're talking about professionally, right? And right. I think, I think one thing about being an artist is that, um, everything kind of ties together, right? It's kind of like, a st- it's a stew rather than a, than one of those like TV dinners, you know, where things, everything's right. separated and it's, the food doesn't touch. Uh, right. <laughs> so, so how, do you, do you set goals for like, um, for like personal, uh, personal relationships, friendships and things? Do you have little things in the back of your head? Like, Oh, I want to reconnect with friends I haven't seen in a while. Or what, how do you go about thinking about that? It's crazy. I mean, people don't think we planned this out. We really didn't No, Um, part of that infrastructure of 2019, was um, I got really into um, the psychiatry of Jordan Peterson. Mm. And uh, one of his lessons, so much of this sounds common sense. Uh, I was listening to something that struck me. He said, deal with things that make you uncomfortable first. Get them out of the way. You know, get, get those things that really uh, set your stress level off. Get those out of the way. Uh, and I cut off some unhealthy relationships. Um, I... And we've talked about this before. Being autistic, um, my biggest problem was understanding social cues, understanding um, when I'm being taken advantage of, when something's not fair, because I'm always doubting, okay, well, maybe I'm being unfair to this person. Well, I know they said this, and then they did that, but I I could be that doubt that you're always – it it really puts up a a roadblock between – me and calm and anxiety with autism is kind of our kryptonite and everybody's got, um, you know, anxiety in their lives. And I'm not trying to say that anybody's got smooth sailing, but with, it's this, you know, like with, you know, from person to person with autism is, it's an extremely kind of specific brand of anxiety. And it comes from that constant doubt and, and this frustration with, um, uh, with people. Uh, so my first order of business, um, started about two years ago. was like you were saying with Adderall, I had a, I ended up, it, it was a, it, it, for the, I took it for five years and for the first three and a half, four, um, it did help me focus and it, 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 it would, it would push me past my fear of society. Um, the side effect of that was that, uh, I'd often, um, come off too strong. I'd, I'd talk a little too fast. Um, at about the four and a half year mark, I started to realize that, um, the benefits had dwindled and the addiction had taken a hold. And so dealing with that first was what made everything fall in the line because when you're addicted to anything, nothing is in perspective ever. So getting sober was my first step. And then after that, I was able to look at, look at my relationships, any relationship that brought me far more pain than relief. I excised from my life and, uh, if it, there was any kind of violent pushback, which there was on occasion, um, like what Peterson said, dealing with things that make you the most uncomfortable, I clearly stated, you know, I, I didn't go out and write a bunch of letters to people and say, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I just made a conscious effort to be around people that made me feel good about myself, but at the same time didn't flatter me because, you know, that's another human condition. Me, you know, maybe more than most is that you love being around people that build you, that build you up. And, and that in itself is not bad, but, when you go too far in that direction, you get surrounded by yes men and yes women that are just going to agree with you to to get a little piece of what you've got. Um, it becomes corrosive. Uh, so, you know, building my inner circle, everything gravitates around your personal health. And that means spiritually, that means mentally, that means physically. Um, I went and got a physical 
And, um, you know, again, it's one of those things where you feel good when you get it all done and then they have to run all those tests and send it to the lab. And then, you know, for the next 48 hours, you're like, oh, my God, I bet I'm going to die. And then they, <laughs> they call you back in and you're trying to be cool. And they say, everything's great. And you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Um, and again, one worry up because, I mean, I'm bad to procrastinate, not deal with things that make me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then, you know, I go to um, a therapist to help me better understand autism and how, you know, I relate to people. And um, I surround myself with my, my inner tight circle are those who I love dearly, who when I do have those moments of confusion, when I don't, when I, when I'm, when I, when that doubt begins to seep in, I can go to them with my, with my ego down and, 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 and not be afraid of how they're going to perceive me and, and, you know, kind of bounce off them, the condition and know that they're going to tell me the truth, you know, good or bad, if they agree with me or not. Um, and that gave me the firm foundation, uh, getting back into the faith that made me um, that empowered me, uh, made me look at myself, um, that and, and stoic philosophy with my therapist and then getting a job, um, working outside, uh, getting that steam, getting that anxiety off my back balanced again with my creative endeavors has really started to bring everything into focus. And it's that, it's that proper perspective that allows me to see, okay, I, I need to put more effort into this. I need to step away from that. And, uh, and, and when I make those decisions, it's not riddled with those afterthoughts and, 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 and that same anxiety, did I do the right thing? You know, um, that's always going to be there a little bit. I think that uh, if, you, if you lose that, the pride quickly comes in and just knocks everything sideways. Um, but just staying humble. But, you know, once you, once you get a little piece of that, that serenity, once you get a hold on um, a healthy peace of mind, you, you, you guard that stuff fiercely. No, I, I definitely can. Uh, I definitely can, can see what you're talking about. And I, there's really um, one thing I've been kind of hitting on recently too is is something that I've found that I've done my entire life, which is always somewhere in the recesses of my mind, I always thought that wherever I was was not as good of a place as it should be. That I that I always should be somewhere better, right? And uh, or that I was going somewhere better, so this doesn't really matter. And right. one of the things I realized is, and of course we can get philosophically and spiritually way deeper than this, but when you think about when you're, when you're actually in the moment doing something, there is no moment other than this one. And no. yes, there's things, there's things coming and sure, you know, you, you make proper decisions. However, for instance, if I'm on stage and I'm, I'm playing, say a church, right? Because churches are the great employers of musicians, right? I mean, like right, this is, this right. is, if you're a musician, this is probably one of the ways you're doing it. If you want to have any semblance of a normal life. And, um, and you know, the thing I realize is instead of sitting there thinking, oh, this is something that passes the time. You think, no, look, there's 600 people out there right now yeah, and they're locked in and I'm going to completely own this moment. I'm going to yep. completely step into it. And it's not a bit about anxiety. It's not about ego. It's not about anything other than me saying, you know what, as, a, as an artist, all of my experiences, all of the music I've ever done in my life comes to bear at this exact moment with these people right here. Yeah. And when I sit down to write, I'm bringing the same thing. All of my experiences, everything comes right now. Because you, you, don't, you, you, don't, you don't know when you give a concert or when, when I give a reading uh, you don't know, you know, you may think, you know, you know, I only have three people at this reading. I'm just going to blah, blah, blah through this. You don't know if one of those three people is your biggest fan. You don't know if one of those three people, um, could have possibly come and been that, 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 that chance you've been looking for. You don't know when that's going to find you. Right. So, I mean, you, you right. got to be present and bring it. 
Well, and, and, and even if, even if, you know, the, the, the other stuff doesn't come, would you Those rather people took time out of their day to come and see? Yes. And you, know and what you I'm like, right, yeah. right. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a hundred percent there. And so I think honestly, that's one of the goals. And, and I guess this ties to both, uh, you know, personal relationship goals and, uh, and work goals as well Is one of my big themes this year now. And from here on out is world-class. That's the term. So when I do something, what's going to help me be world-class in this? What Okay, we're going to do a new project. That's awesome. What equipment do we need to have a world-class product? And it doesn't mean I sit there and overthink it so it never gets done. But right. it means that I start – and then I, that, that leads me to how do I become a world-class musician stepping into this role? How do I become a – you know what I'm saying? Yeah. How do, and so um, – and when you start thinking about things that way, you start realizing – I'm not waiting anymore to become the person that I wanted to be. I'm choosing now to learn to be. And what I don't know, I'm I'm educating myself consistently. I'm always moving to try to get better. But that but it also comes to relationships. So my um I think I might have mentioned this but my on New Year's Eve and in New Year's Day, I uh I was up in Estes Park married my uh or, or I shouldn't say married. Officiated the wedding of my uh, my <laughs> my. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait a second. Uh, no, my uh, my you know officiated my uh, best friend from middle school, high school. You know, um, friend and his his now wife, and uh, it was a really strong way with friendship and relationally to to start the year. And I think that's the other thing is spending time to because I've always been so damn busy working, just working, working, working all the time. I need to spend some time to really deepen my relationships, you know, and, uh, and that, that comes to that world-class idea again, but I know it's funny. It's not like it's a competition, but it's like, how can I be a world-class friend? How can I be a world-class person? And I'm working on it, you know, but, uh, but that, that's, that's kind of my theme for the year is it's world-class. The beautiful thing about being an artist is that, I mean, I've, you know, when I, when I teach classes and, 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 and tutor, I'll sometimes have my older students say, well, I just, man, I'm just, I'm late to the game. I, you know, I feel like I should have done something earlier. And in the art world, that does, I, I, I honestly don't believe that applies because, you know, once you, once you put your heart into doing it, it doesn't matter what age you are. That's when you've got something to say. Um, th- there are stories that have come to me, uh, ideas for poems, ideas for, for short stories and novels. They came to me in my early 20s and mid 20s and even early 30s that I, I recognized at the time, like this is something I need to hang on to. But I also knew in my heart that I was not mature enough, haven't hadn't lived long enough to to do that topic or, or that storyline justice. Um, you know, there, you know, I think the artist is a is a uh, is a garden of late bloomers. You know, um, you know, and 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 with there being so many. Uh, temptations in the art world. And I mean, in all vocations, that's true. But in the art world, we seem to be, you know, we, we tend to manufacture them and export them to the rest of the world. <laughs> you know, you know Carl, Carl Jung said that, uh, and I, I know this is true for men, that I think women are way ahead of us with maturity. I'm not trying to be cool. That's a fact. Uh, he said that before the age of 40, it's all practice or all research. And for me, that was definitely true. Uh, I have not got all the things figured out in my life. I, I promise you that. Um, but it was around 40 years old that I, that I felt like I'd lived long enough to make decisions with purpose and uh with with forethought and uh again like with with relationships you know i you know my 
it, it, my my girlfriend Carolyn is is amazing, and uh, she's not even in the room. She can't hear me talking, so there's no gun to my head. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's it, it it came down. I made a, a tragic flaw, a, a tragic um, misstep in the past, putting my faith and 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 uh, my 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 whole hope in a person. And of course that, that fell apart because, you know, that person, no matter how wonderful they are, doesn't deserve that kind of load. So it was about growing up and uh, putting God first. And I mean, that this is what helped me and everything else fell into place. Uh, I didn't, you know, I, I don't put people up on pedestals anymore. I want to look them eye to eye without bringing them down. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, uh, you know, getting that inner circle tight and then, you know, once I didn't have to worry about my, my inner life, my, my, my addictions, my impulsivity so much. Once I trusted myself a little more, those decisions came easier. And, you know, my, my professional goals, uh, came into focus a lot, uh, faster. And, you know, it, it's, and you have to maintain that man, you know, because as, as you become more successful, no matter what you're doing, that light brings in both good and bad people. And you have to stay vigilant to keep your, your inner circle tight uh, and your goals realistic, you know, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, what, what, at least for me and, you know, maybe a lot of other people, you know, moderation is an extremely difficult goal to meet, but, you know, like you said before, you know, okay, I want to, you know, I want to write this book. Uh, what do I need to do? You know, what, what equipment do I need? And then you can get caught up in that. Well, I need this book and I need this book. Okay. Well, I need that laptop because that's got more memory and this thing's going to be huge. <laughs> and you get stuck in the prepping phase, mm -hmm. you know? You never grow beyond that. So, you again, for me, to help keep me in line, uh, I've got these people around me to say, all right, Cliff, I think you've got this covered, you know. Uh, and, 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 you know, and again, that, that's, that's a, it's a huge part of, of – because then what you produce – because, you know, when, when you talk about – you just talk about, you know, you know, working so much at a day job that, you know, when you got home, I kind of felt – I, I felt this big time last year where – you know, you, you get so much into your day job. And, it's, and I want to squash immediately the idea that if you're an artist and you have a side hustle, it doesn't make you any less of an artist. Absolutely because, not. Because, you know, if, if you, you know, like, you know, Amade, when, when you and I talked at length about your decision to move from your the job you had last year to the art world, and you had a lot of planning. You got, you know, it, it's the same philosophy that, that my mom always reminded me that, you know, before you get another job, keep the job you have. Yep. You know, don't 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 leap because, yes, there's a leap of faith, but you can be smart about it at the same time. You know, um, it, it's and then, you know, once you are fortunate enough to work to the point to then make art a viable income, um, maybe only your sole income. Therein lies the step of scheduling and getting that calendar, basic things that people have. Well, of course you do that. But those are the little things that have helped me out the most being able to make that list. What am I doing today? What am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing next week? Um, again, helping me build and maintain that focus. It's huge. I, you know, I went and bought a, uh, I went and bought a paper calendar because I realized it's, it's actually too easy for me to ignore my phone, right? It's too easy for me to ignore. See, yeah. And Cliff's <laughs> holding up a paper calendar right now too. So it's, it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, I schedule it. I schedule every important thing that I need to be doing, um, which, is is to me um absolutely vital because i will i'll just go down a, a weird rabbit hole because it looks interesting if i don't yeah. remember what's going on but you're right there's yeah. a lot of planning but there's something else you hit on that i think is pretty valuable and i'll i'll, I'll dick I'll, I'll um kind of explain it this way 
So I was recently called to go um, kind of step in and direct a musical for this local school. And the thing I realized is, is I've directed kind of upwards of 15 plays at this point. I hadn't even counted until I'd done that. And, uh, and I realized I've been paid for every single one of them. So I mentioned this to some friends of mine who have degrees in theater and who've been around forever. And they both, they all looked at me jealously and they said, well, you've been paid. And I suddenly realized, yeah. And I hung around, the only directors I really hang around are people who also have been paid. But all the yep. people who have been paid, they hang out together. And all the people who have been paid hang out together. It's mm. interesting how that works, right? So it's, yeah. and it's, it's not a judgment on the people who haven't been. But what it's saying no, is. No, 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 no. Right. No. Uh, what, what I'm saying is, is that um, a lot of times when people are, if you have an aspiration to get paid in something, this is just as an example, uh, you want to hang around people who are already getting paid that much. You want to hang around people who are already doing it because, one, they know the people who hire those people. Two, you can learn what is expected of those professionals who are paid to do it. And, you know, it it just kind of becomes natural. So I think one of the big things that has been a focus for me, not because of that, just as that was an entry point to this idea, is that cultivating a creative, I almost want to say economy. It's a social group that's kind of an yeah. economy. Everything's moving together. Stepping into one or creating one around you, kind of like you've done with the collective, is mm-hmm. a um, is a very valuable thing. And so if you're artists who are all kind of helping each other make things work and you're all, you all have kind of found the vein of this is how you find the people who pay for it. And so you're all having projects and bringing each other into it and that's that that's a really valuable place to be and so that that's something i'm focusing on quite a bit too but it's building this group building people who you know will deliver for you you know are professional who you can then bring into these economic opportunities and so yeah but that that also goes to you know friendship that goes to art as well that goes to to all of those things it doesn't have to be about money obviously but do you notice? Have you ever noticed that tons and tons of toxic people hang out together, and then a bunch of really healthy, emotional people generally hang out together? And and there's a reason for that, man. It, the, the, it, it, and again, you feel it in your gut. I feel it in my gut. It's like, oh my god, I'm being judgmental, and you're not. You know, right. it's you know, it's it, you know, there's so much successful business people hang out together, not because they're trying to step on the little man. Not all. I'm sure there are secret societies that do that. I'm, I'm sure, but <laughs> by the most part, it, for the most part, what I have found, and again. You know, you what? There's a what you allow will continue. That's a mantra that goes through my head with these with these people that that don't stand up and say, "Look, my time is worth something, and if it's not worth something to you, I need to go find somebody who who values my time as much as I do." And being and again in the art world, I don't know of any vocation other than this one where we will we will swallow not getting paid. And you know, again, people break contracts all the time in every vocation, but in the art world, it is rampant. Well, wait, wait, wait. We, we, I mean, this has happened in my life, and this has happened. The more I get out and talk to other writers and, and artists of all kinds, you know, so much of the frustration is well, I, I had a lawyer, and it was, you know, the contract was fair, and I signed it, they signed it, and then at the end of it, they just decided, and, you know, arbitrarily, no, nah, I don't feel like I want to do this anymore. You know, that's why, again, in the, in the prepping phase for anything professional, anything, go get you a tax person and an attorney, a good one. Not because you're planning to go sue the world, but because a lawyer has been trained to read a contract for those little back doors and trap doors that you don't notice. Mm -hmm. And the tax man, once you get off a nine-to-five job, you know, again, I've said it many times on this show, the police did not catch Al Capone, the IRS did. 
you know. So again, I'm not saying go out and get into you know in, in, the, in the mob, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, make sure that you've got your team. You know, make sure you've got that 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 power team behind you. And you're right. I mean, what I have found now, we all complain. You know, Amade. I mean, before we got on the air, I was complaining. You know, we all need to get that out. But when you're hanging around people that only complain, you can bet your last dollar that they're not getting anything else done. Absolutely. I mean, again, there's, there's, there's a reason that's called toxic. I like hanging out with successful people, not because it makes me feel better than other folks, but because I'm learning something all the time. You know, it, it's like I think Jay-Z said, if you're the smartest person in the room, go find another room. Absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a, it, that's the only way that you get better. And then always looking out for those who have been coming up along with you that, you know, that you know for a fact can fill that bill and you can, you know, you can you can refer them to a job that you can't fulfill or somebody that's looking for something that you think they're in to help them up. But when you're with a group of people that are already doing it, professionals that have already that have a resume, it does make you feel more secure and telling that that job opportunity, hey, this this guy or this this lady over here would do a great job because you've seen them do it. That's that's not judgmental. That's practical. That's professional, you know. And and it's and it's not if you if you try to with scheduling, if you try to with with team building, focusing on perfection, you will get nothing done. But at the same time, you know you you can. You know, there always be free radicals. There will always be those things that sneak up on you. But you, I believe the farther I go in life, that we do have more control over our lives than we think we do. But it, it takes a tremendous amount of work. But I've never felt any of that time has been wasted, you know, when it went, cause I, you know, I went, I went too long bemoaning people that had done me wrong and, you know, and, and staying up late and plotting how I was going to get back at this person and that person. And it's wasted emotion. It's wasted time. And it's, it's energy that you could have put towards a more positive project. Uh, absolutely agree with that. I, I think, well, you know, um, one of the things that I've realized is, is I had this weird little narrative for a while where, for instance, there's a guy that I had to meet today um, who was a was a music teacher at a school a few years before I came and took over the music position. And I heard a lot of stories about this guy, and I'm, I'm essentially diametrically opposed to the way this guy views music. OK, in fact, I thought he screwed right. things up. And so it was one of those things where he and I'd be in the room together. We wouldn't talk to each other. We wouldn't. There'd just be no connection there. I was there mopping up his mess. So I ended up meeting him today um, just because he was somehow inadvertently involved with this thing with, with the musical that I was hired to do. First time I ever had to talk to him. And I decided before I went in, look, um, I don't know what my history has been, why I decide to be like that. I don't have to, you know, I'm, I'm not like having a working relationship with this guy. All I have to do is go in, be absolutely professional, make everyone feel great, nail my job, be the most professional, creative, in-charge person I can be, manage the energy, manage the emotions in the room, because I'm the person who can do that. And I went in, and it was a lovely interaction. It was great. Things. He's like, anything you need from here on out, you know, I, here's these other contacts, here's all the, you know, and it just completely diffused the situation I've been building for nearly a decade at this point <laughs> so yeah so but it's funny i have that little side of me that's like a just dis destructive little part of of me and here's something that i i heard you kind of bringing up with other people and i i know this is a weird thing to bring up and perhaps this will be another show to talk about at some point but i've really started studying 
this this concept. I came across a TED Talk at one point that was talking about the concept of under-earning. And the reason I looked it up was because I was looking at um, how, why creative people make so little money, right? And it's not that you can't. I mean, actually, you can make money doing things. You just it's, it's just a different way of thinking that I think a lot of artists apply. And this... Uh, this guy who was talking about under earning was actually a an addiction specialist, and he was talking about how money and food have very similar problems. So overspending would be the overeating in money. Under earning is anorexia, mm-hmm. right? And so he was talking about the reason people under earn is psychological. Sometimes their cuts coming from trauma from when they're younger in life, but also. Um, for, but for whatever reason, it's usually because they're trying to play small. They're trying to not be seen. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated when I was thinking about artists. Think about the insecurities we have about putting things out. Think about how it kind of sometimes it hurts putting things into the world, you know, and especially yeah. when it comes back and it's not taken. It's not. And so it made me start thinking, this is a real thing to look into. So that's actually a group. I'm just going to throw it. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I'm not endorsing it. I don't know anything about it more than this, the research I've done. But there's even a group called Under Earners Anonymous that talks about this stuff. I mean, it, it's just like AA. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. But the, the point being is, I think we do that with our art. I think so many of us do. I think I think it stems. Um, we don't have we we don't have a pay scale. You know, like right. we don't have a minimum wage. You know, so I think that that what I think I think many people don't know what to ask for, and 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 we're always taught, you know, that money is bad, and that wanting more money is greedy, and that what that is uh, that 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 is poisonous thinking. Yeah, you know, I agree. Um, agreed. You know, yes, you can be greedy. Yes, you can be immovable. Yes, you can be um, uh, stubborn and lose opportunities. But, you know, to get your foot in the door, you got to know what your worth is. And then again, that's so easy to say, but like, you know, you can look in any of the vocation, you can look it up right now on Google and say, okay, what does this vocation typically make within a year? And you'll find that number. And it's going to be around, you can't run that for an artist. So, I mean, there's, there's, you know, you're at least, I mean, again, I'm talking from personal experience. When I, the first time I got paid for something that I had done creatively, no matter where that is on that scale, you feel elated because that that's valid, you know, that's validation. Yeah. So, you know, it's worth it. You know, and of course, you know, again, that's where it comes in and, you know, it, it, it it's the, the scripture about it, but also philosophy about um, not making these big decisions on your own to seek out a mentor, to seek out somebody who's doing it and say, what should I ask? You know, what, what how much should I look to get from this? Because just like in any job, somebody who's been doing it for 15 years is typically going to make more than somebody who just started out. You know, you got to make your name first. But then, you know, always, you know, there's nothing, um, there's nothing unnatural about wanting more for more effort. You know, I don't believe that uh, in the idea of seniority alone. uh, What I mean by that is any job where somebody gets a raise or a promotion simply because they sat around doing enough not to get fired. You know, the one that should be the one that, so it's, it's it's the same kind of deal. You know, you got to, you need to, you have to seek out mentors. That is a tremendously important part of success in any vocation because, you know, those, those folks are the ones that help you um, know what to ask for as far as, um, you know, money per job or per week, per, whatever the, the case may be. Um, and they can also say, you're, you're being a little inflexible there, buddy. You know, you may want to rein that in a little bit. You know, you, you know I, I think that's a little, um, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a little too much. You know, you need to find somebody, friends, family, you know, your lover, 
you need to find people that all carry that, that, that that'll build you up and support you. But in the first minute that you step out of the box, they'll say, mm, slow down, you know? Um, also, you know, it, it's, it's continuing to practice your craft networking, uh, networking in the art world. And, you know, again, I hear so many times, you know, well, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert. I don't, all artists are introverts. We mm -hmm. have to be to some degree because we sit for long periods of time by ourselves playing pretend, you know, and that's not to make light of, of creativity, you know, again, but it is true. Yeah. You know, I mean, who doesn't want to be, you know, an adult and get paid to play cowboys and Indians, right? You know, that, that that's right. one of my goals, you know what I'm saying? It, so it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's marrying through a professional lifestyle, you know, you know, with the collective, it, it's a, you know, it promotes artists. It has a magazine, it has two radio shows. Um, and I treat that with the same respect and don't, you know, cow down when I, I'll go to, uh, chamber of commerce meetings and I'll go to networking meetings that have, um, and, and many artists don't do that because they think, well, they're not going to be any other artists there, but think about that opportunity. You're the only artist there. I mean, you, you know, you have no idea, you know, who's going to need somebody to write copy for them. Who's going to need somebody to write SEO for them. You know, somebody who, you know, maybe has another tie to somebody who would love to have a poet come in and read to a home or to a class you know, you, you just don't know. You know, you got to put yourself out there because, again, with business, you want to find a hole and you want to fill it. You know, and sometimes it's it's going to some uncharted territory. Well, you know, it's it's funny. Like, as an example for uh, for podcasting, uh, go into a room. If you walk in there and you go, "Oh, I do mostly in podcasts," and you're you're in a room full of businessmen, you know what's mm -hmm. going to happen. Oh, well, I've been told I should have a podcast. Oh, I should have one. I should have one too. And, I'll, and if I say, hey, I'm happy to be a resource, let's let's talk, I'll help you get set up, I'll help you do whatever you need, no big deal. I can guarantee you, and this has happened a bunch of times, which is why I can guarantee it, they will come to me and go, how much would it cost for you to edit this this audio and put things out? Exactly. And exactly. you know what I mean? And it's stuff that I do in my sleep. You know, it's, yeah. it's not a, <laughs> it's not yeah, a big and, thing. But to, to, you know, to the fact that like, that's another thing that I think artists get carried away with. Well, it's kind of easy for me. So, no, my daddy was the first one to squash that. He said, son, uh, and I'm going to write a whole book of these one-liners from my daddy, I swear. He said, boy, <laughs> if you can do something in twice the time, you should be paid twice as much, not half as much. Mm -hmm. You know, you were put on this earth to do that. That's why it's, quote, unquote, easy for you. But it's not for a majority of other people. So don't let that add to your guilt complex. Know yes. your work. Yes, and one I think that's a huge thing. I heard uh, you ever listen to the show by uh, Dave Ramsey, the uh, that financial guy. Yes. He does tons of yeah. stuff, right? He's been around forever. Yeah. And he, there was a there was a letter I thought was really good, and I think it's good advice to a lot of artists too. This fourteen year old kid said, "I'm saving up money to buy my first car, and I'm cutting lawns, and I'm not really sure what to do. Should I charge the same as my competition, or should I charge a little bit less than my competition?" And Dave Ramsey goes, "You should charge more than your competition." And offer to do the first cut for free, which, I mean, that, that could be a variable. But he goes, the thing you want to do is go and just blow their mind with how good of a job you did and then charge more. Yeah. And that's really the way to go. So, I mean, when we're talking about, for instance, you, you said something I thought was really good. So I was talking about this whole theme about being world class. And then you talked about, well, yeah, but you can also prepare all, all the whole time and never do a damn thing because you're so worried right. about perfection. Yeah. World class is different than perfection. Right. You, you train to be perfect. I call it whether you love him or hate him. I call it the Tom Brady principle. Right. You train yeah. every yeah. damn thing you can and you yeah. work and you 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 just try to get your mind right. I've been applying sports psychology a lot to my life recently. Right. And it's so valuable. I don't know why I waited this long to do that. But right. the uh, but but really 
training that way, you know, obviously he isn't perfect. I mean, you saw the, if you watch any of the game with the dolphins, you, you know that that, yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, the, the point being is, is that you train to be as close to perfection as you can. And then when you get out there, you trust your preparation and you just go, you do your best, yeah. but it's also with, with networking, it's the same sort of thing. It's, it's all taking responsibility about how you show up. You're there to provide value. It's not about you. It's about you providing value for other people, even art, even writing poetry, even writing you know books, writing music. It is not about you. It's about the experience you're giving to the audience, to the reader, to your end user, to use that term. And so you owe it to them to do to to develop to get better to go network with people who you could collaborate with that might make something even better than you could do on your own this stuff's valuable you know so i just think about a quote from uh, yeah. the movie joe joe dirt it's not about you it's about the consumer you know it, <laughs> it, is, you know, it is you know you're, you're absolutely right it, it's um you know it, it's you got you have to diversify just especially there's another quote i heard um you don't have to do everything yourself, but know how to. Uh, sure. and what I mean by that, the way, the way that applies to me is that, you know, um, we'll, we'll just strip it down to, 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 the, to writing alone. Always get an editor. Always, always, always get an editor. Know the rules of grammar. Know the history of whatever genre you're into and read outside the genre to kind of cross-pollinate and, and, and boost your creativity. Um, but... You want to to have a team there to, to have extra eyes on your project, no matter what you're doing. You know, know how to do it, know how to look at your stuff, but know when to bring other people in to help you. But people are people. We're talking about flaws. Maybe someone, this person that promised you to help, fell off the earth. Maybe you know whatever. People, we all have problems, and that's something that that I've had to remember is that not everything done is done to spite me. That <laughs> I have no idea until they tell me what's going on in their life. You know, if someone does fall off the earth, you have to be able to step in in that moment and take care of it. And there again, um, when you do it all by yourself, there's a tremendous amount of stress. Uh, and then you learn how to let that stress go by bringing in the right team. But it's given me peace of mind to know, again, I'm not counting on people to fail. It's just knowing that if something happens, if somebody gets sick, they, they lose a loved one, that you're able to step in in that moment and take care, you know, take care of things. The best art, I think, comes from a place of healing or happiness. You know, we want to hear how, how you want to hear. We all get depressed. We all get heartbroken. And I wish that wasn't the case. So having that involved in your art, uh, I think, is pivotal to, to, to showing your, your true human face. But uh, Mully Grubbin and, uh, and, and, and writing only about how much you hate your job and how unfair life is, people get sick of that fast. You know, so it, it's, you know, the, the imperfections in us, I think, uh, are what draw the biggest fan base. Because you know, yeah. if we did, you know, if you know, this, if you did try to make, if you did maintain perfection, uh, one life would be pretty boring. If you figured everything out, so what's the point? Um, but then two, I mean, I people would begin to detach because what are they going to bring to the the situation if you seem to to you know, have it all figured out? You know, so yeah. always staying open. Well, I, you know, I I I, uh, I really like what you're saying. It reminded me of a conversation I had with my brother, who's a uh, session guitarist touring guy. And um, one of the things he and I both really agree on is that you almost have a moral obligation to be in a good mood. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it sounds funny to put it that way, but it's it's and it's not to say that you, you can't have your normal emotional processes. Obviously, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that when you work to get yourself into this positive, you know, loving place, 
then you're able to show up for the world and the people around you in a much stronger way. And the this thing that I, I found, and I found it over the last few years, that I think really deepens relationships and, and it makes me feel better is that I stopped expecting things, especially perfection from other people. And so when someone to the point where someone screws something up, you know, and I still screw up, you know, I, I do and I own it when I do. Um, but when someone screws something up and, and they bring it up to me, it's like, it's okay. We're fine. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. Or let's, let's figure out, let's, you know, and, and, uh, I just noticed that when you, if you actually say that to someone and you mean it, it's not a, it's not a con job. It's not a technique. It's a thing. You're real. I, I respect you. I understand. Let's move on. Uh, then suddenly you're, you're getting a real friend there now. Yeah. They feel like they can yeah. be themselves, right? Now, of course, you, it's not like you're keeping score. It's not transactional. Life is not transactional. Uh, good friendships aren't either. However, you know, you do need to kind of know when to s- politely slip out of the back door of a situation if it's really negative, too. I mean, that's I, uh, <laughs> I have a, a my equation for that is that if you start to take score, you know, like uh, boiling it down, like uh, if you go out, you know, you and your, you and a friend go out and eat dinner and, and you buy it, you know, and they're short that one day and you get it, whatever. But second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, you're picking it up every time. And you start the minute you start running a tally. Yeah. Head, it's, you need to start addressing, like, where's your money going, man? You know, and again, it's like, well, I don't want to get in their business. Well, it's making it your business because you're spending money on on their food. You know, and that's just a very basic example. You're absolutely right. You know, it's everybody's going to mess up. I'm going to mess up before I go to sleep this afternoon. I mean, oh, I me too. This. Yeah. You know, I, I get this. So, again, I'm not standing on any kind of pedestal or, or you know, on some mountaintop. It's understanding that, yes, I've been in the same place. But just like you said, you got to know when to rein it in and say, you know, because, you know, when 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 before I dealt with my addictions, I had many good friends pull away and I never felt bad about it because they did it because you got to have some, at some point you got to have your self-preservation. You know, I mean, it, 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 there's a point when someone's black hole begins to suck you in too. And, you know, you can't, I, mean, I had a, I've had a bad, a bad tendency to think, well, I can come in and fix the situation. I don't oh, yeah. even rant. I mean, just, you know, I can make and And the ego I had to even think that, you know, was ridiculous uh, because I'm having, uh, you know, I, it's a daily it's a daily trial on, uh, just to keep me in order, you know. So <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it's, it, it's it's learn it's learning where to draw the line and how much you can give because if you keep giving without anything in return, you will run out. Well, I remember uh, an example of early uh, August of this last year. There was a day where the show that we had recorded was supposed to go up on the air, or go up and be uploaded, and I somehow completely screwed up the day of the week. I wasn't thinking it. And I'm sitting there, and I'm out. I'm out at like dinner with uh, with my co-host from World Poetry Open Mic, and I get a message yeah. from you, and you're like, "Is the show supposed to be up right now?" Is it? And I suddenly, just to my horror, realize what I had done. And I, oh my gosh, you know. And um, and you were you were really cool about it. You you actually, I think you did kind of what I would do, which is just saying like, "No, I was just checking, to make sure I wasn't crazy," exactly. which is a really nice way of yeah. really nice way to pull that. But at the same time, I. I I recognized the grace you extended at that moment, and uh, and you know it's a give and take thing, right? We 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 do the, we all have stuff like this, and when you do anything over a period of time, it's going to happen. But that was an example of how to let someone screw up, how to let someone own it, how to let someone take charge of it, and not mess it up again. You know what I mean? Right. And it was just a really smooth way to do it. And so that's that's an example. It is, it's just, you know, and from that, I mean, I just I, you know, it's, to me, like it, it just. 
and, and like in that example, you know, to me, where I live by the mantra that busy people don't give other busy people shit about being busy because we're busy, you know. And so, I live on reminders. As much as I write stuff down, if somebody's like, "Hey, you know that stuff to do tomorrow," thank you. You know, I'll never <laughs> bite anybody's head off for saying like, "Hey," because yeah. it is going to happen. Mm. No matter how much stuff you write down, or it's going to be that one thing you do at three in the morning that you can't read the next day. That I'm going to hope somebody gives me a ring. That's what friends do, you know. Mm. And that's not to sit here and bat back and forth like you're my friend. Well, you're my friend. No, you're my friend. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 you know, it, it, it's, you typically, you know, it's, if you go into business with friends or family, I've heard many nightmare stories, but it, I've, it, over time, I've realized that if you're, if you're friendly and then you become friends as you're professional, it tends to keep that balance. Sure. Know? Sure. Yeah. Well, and, it, and and also, I mean, here's another thing I think that you and I have that, that kind of makes things better. And, and, and this is not just the friend conversation like you're talking about, but maybe this is something that people listening can kind of model as well. You had stuff going on before we ever connected. Right. I had stuff going on before we ever connected. So we, we yeah. both have our own little worlds where we're actually the ones who are keeping everything moving anyway. So mm-hmm. it's normal for us to be the one who actually is keeping the thing going. Right. So when you and I get together, it's actually like, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, we're both kind of on it. We're both okay. We're both, we, yeah. can, we can handle it. All right. No and, problem. And it, there's a reason why, you know, sanitation workers hang out, doctors hang out, people have certain vocations. It's not that they judge other vocations, but they, you can't go to somebody that doesn't do what you do and complain about it and get that understanding you're looking for. Right. You know, it's not clickish. It's not judgmental. There's a comfort that comes in that, comes with that, you know. And if you know, I know for a fact. If I ever go out there and be like, oh, "I've got all the answers," you'll be one of the first people to go, "Cliff, I know for a fact you don't. You need to stop that bullshit." <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's why I cherish the relationship so much. And uh, you know, it, it's it's you know, it, it's the art world. One of the one of the many benefits, but one that comes to mind right now is that um, professionally, we can be more friendly. You know, but again, you've got to keep that in balance because then you got to you got to watch how many favors are, are asked and, and, you know, but you know, at the same time, doing for others as you want them to treat you. But at the same time, you hit on this earlier is remembering that something that's your passion project is not going to be the passion project of somebody else. So all, that's something that, that I have to be vigilant about, because, you know, when somebody says, well, I'm busy, I'm going to, you know, my first instinct, I'll admit it is like, you don't even know what busy is. I've got this. it's not about competition. That's not going to earn anything. That person is not going to go, you're absolutely right, Cliff. Now I see that. No, <laughs> The scales yeah. are off my eyes. Oh, yeah. my, I had no idea that's the way you, you know, and, and it's not bad because, you know, if your baby is your baby, you know, um, and at the same time, not keeping such a stranglehold on your baby that you won't let anybody in and then the, the flower dies, you know, um, but it's, it's keeping things in perspective. Uh, you know, in TED Talks, you mentioned that before. I have found so much inspiration from TED Talks. Uh, Jordan Peterson, I mentioned before, he's done a tremendous amount to, to give me clarity and, 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 Absolutely. Uh, and strength in my life. You know, um, you know, reading again, you know, uh, reading books you've never read of, reading books that you were supposed to have read and lied about in college. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, take a break. I mean, that's another big, I used to feel guilty uh, sitting and watching television. I used to feel guilty about, like, I think I'm going to take a nap. You know, that's an that's a drive you need for success, but it's a drive that'll run you in the ground if you don't again balance it with 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 simple things. Go lay in a hammock. You know, again, there's a reason that these cliches, quotation fingers, cliches are around is because they're true. You know, yeah. you, you gotta you gotta give yourself a break. 
Well, and, and and that's that's a uh, that's a huge thing that I'm. My issue is is that you know I always love doing so many things. I feel the most natural when I'm doing fifty million things. There's a book that a friend of mine gave me recently, and he told me it's gonna it's gonna really change things. And I have it sitting here on my desk, and I'm reluctant to pick it up because I don't want to face this fact, which is a sign that I better face it. It's called right. the one thing, and it's about when humans focus on more than one thing, stuff starts to fall apart. And uh, and I don't want to deal with this, but there's all kinds of apparently there's empirical data and there's all kinds of things that are probably going to really make me face some things. Um, so that's actually a plan, you know. That's that's something that I want to put work into. And I think what you hit on though, as far as feeling guilty watching TV and stuff, that's a thing I'm so familiar with. And yeah. the uh, so that that's something that I've I've made some strides to do. You know, I needed to renew my passport. Been putting it off for a long time. Realized I'm turning forty this year. And saying, you know what, I I need to take a one to two week actual travel vacation. Not not traveling yeah. to be crazy and spent, but I want to travel out of the country. And here's the trick. I want to go out of the country, and I don't want to post a single damn picture on social media about right. it. Right. I mean, it's like live it and tell me about it when you get home. Exactly. You know? It's like, what are you doing when you show me every minute? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, dude, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's, a, that's the shocking thing to do now is to go somewhere and not take pictures of it uh, right. or not check in anywhere, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I think – so I mean we're we're hitting a lot of things. And so before before we I mean cuz we could continue down this road. This you know right. we have we have conversations like this. So so let's do some some just real quick concrete things that people can can do. So if we're planning a year, do you have a certain amount of professional goals or you just kind of sit there and say, "Okay, professionally I kind of want to see you know following the strands from things I've already been working on. These are the things I want to see." Or do you say, "Hey, here's my top 3 for the year." Do you do you itemize it? How do you how do you go about that? I first ask myself what's working. You know, mm. um, when you, when you, when you, when you, that, that's, that's ultimately the, the honest way that I, that I pick up, you know, and because, you know, I have those things that I do volunteer wise, you know, I have those things that I give back to the community. I like, you know, I have open mic, you know, I open mic nights and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I'll go and support others, uh, that, that they're close to me and whose work I enjoy. Um, and for a long time, again, this is how I learned this is like many people the hard way is that I spread myself though so thin trying to be everywhere that I got nothing done. Yep. So again, in 2019, when the infrastructure building, I sat down and went, okay, look, um, I'm going to, I'm going to put the, I'm going to pump the brakes on the, 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 the open mic nights. Um, I'm going to pump the brakes on some of these other elements that, that are taking up more time and just looking back at it objectively and saying, is the juice worth the squeeze? And if my gut first reaction is no, then I just took that off the board and took that off the board because, you know, they tell you in economics, I mean, it is about diversification, but it's about selective diversification. That's smart. In my, in my case, it was the magazine, the radio shows, and my creative, my personal creative projects and guarding those fiercely, working on those, you know, working to, to work all the kinks out there. And what that did for me was free up an enormous amount of time for me to daydream and for me to go out on dates with my girlfriend, to, to be present. That's another thing about being an artist is that, you know, typically people can go to work and leave that job and come home and, you know, they may be some things they were grumpy about, but leave it as an artist. That's always with you. And one of the things that my friends and, you know, and, and Carolyn in the early days would get kind of distance with is that I'm there, but I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And as we go back that that point we made earlier about being present in that moment is that much of my writing before any of my, this, this career, so to speak, took off, you know, it was all about being present because that's where my inspiration came from to write in the first place. 
you know. So once I put a stranglehold on that by trying to stay busy all the time, I started to think, oh my God, I'm 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 going through writer's block. But it's because I choked off what what inspires me, you know. So to recap what I was saying, like I mean, it, it's about finding those things that are working, and then you know keeping those things on the on the rails, keeping your attention most on that, keep your attention on you know what keeps you inspired personally, and then as opportunities come up again while while you're dealing with these projects and and lifting yourself up professionally, you're going to meet people at different rungs up, you know, farther than you that may have new potential opportunities for you to fulfill. And now you've got that free time to do it. But remember, every time you take on a new project, that time is going to be in some way siphoned off of those other projects. So again, be really, really selective and, and, and sit down and, you know, just the basic stuff. Like don't, if someone's trying to pressure you to say, yes, that's a deal that no matter what you need to really think hard about, why are they not wanting to give me time to think about this? You know, things like that, you know, reading, reading books. And then there are out, I mean, we always talk about, you know, people who are economists or those who are life coaches, you know, we tend to just say, oh, you know, that's not really, nothing. it is for you. It is about you. If you're trying to make money, go educate yourself on new ways to make money, new avenues. Where, where, where what are the brand new avenues for artists that aren't really being tapped into? Because those things do exist. Find out what they are and fill that hole. So I, I, I really like what you were saying about you're, you're kind of taking an accounting of, of what already is working, what already is not, what is what is feeling like you're, you're really connecting. So I think that's a great way to, to first start is to look at that and then kind of um, – which which sounds like it sounds like common sense, but a lot of times this stuff isn't common sense. You know, I mean, <laughs> it takes it takes a while to get to where it makes sense. You know, where where it right. starts to work. Um, so I th- I think that's in, and you can really look at that in anything in your life. I mean, you can even look at that talking about your health. Well, what is working? Well, I guess I'm still alive. Uh, you right. know, I, the food I'm eating is at least keeping me alive. Uh, right. Maybe I need to go to the gym. Maybe I need to change the food. You know, I mean, what isn't yeah. working? Okay, cool. What can you do to fix it? However, um, I think. One of, so here's one of my goals, and this is one thing I would just I would just kind of encourage people to consider. Even this is a scary subject, and I'm not an expert in any means, but um, one of my big goals, I've, and I started working on this in uh, 2018 into 19, and and this even more now is getting money straight, getting your money yeah. straight, get your money in a in a real system. There is no this whole broke artist thing, starving artist thing, no more. Don't do it. Don't do, there, you know. And here's an interesting thing, thing that happened to me. And I know we had, um, you know, we've had uh, uh, some guests on in the past talking about wealth and things like that. And the interesting thing is, I started running into a bunch of different musicians, bigger artists, everything, including the guy who produced Chet Atkins, who we're going to have on yeah. the show a little bit, uh, you know, in a while. And uh, one of the things he told me was that he invests in real estate. And I said, I was talking to him about it. And he goes, well, yeah, I mean, that's how I'm able to do the kind of work I want to do because I don't have to worry about the ups and downs. And he goes, yeah. you know, he goes, you know who taught me that? Chet Atkins. Chet Atkins says the music career goes up and down and up and down, but real estate just goes up. Mm-hmm. And so I suddenly started noticing, and I look into it, suddenly every artist, every person that I've admired that has made money, including Beethoven, mm-hmm. invested in real estate. And that was where the actual abundance and the wealth and the the bedrock started coming from. So I started realizing, well, that is something totally apart from art that I need to learn about and I need to jump into in 2020, which sounds crazy, but there's ways to do it. I'm not an expert. I'm not even going to talk about that. But I think one of the things for me is having my money straight, having an emergency fund, having a budget, knowing exactly what's happening and where that money is Mm -hmm. going the moment it hits down. Um, Because if you don't plan, you're planning for chaos. That's it. 
That's you know. It. So, uh, I mean, we could keep going, but I, I would say, you know, if you're, if you're, if you've been looking at 2020 and you have goals already, or if you're, you're just now kind of firming it up, what I would suggest is come up with something that's inspiring to you. Don't come up with too many, come up with one or two that you're really going to go all in on and then set a date, set an actual goal, something that's achievable, uh, and give yourself enough time to do it. Don't be, you know, I'm going to have a New York times bestseller by the end of the year. That's ridiculous. Right. Right. But, <laughs> but on the other hand, could you write a book? Sure. Yeah, you could write yeah. a book. Yeah, absolutely. Could you uh, Could you lose 30 pounds and get in shape? Absolutely you could. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, so there's. could you start getting your money straight and be on the road at least, even if you're not totally, you know, out of debt or whatever? Could you start figuring out ways to do things? Absolutely you can. So I would, I would take things I would set, you know, make an achievable goal that's really going to make your world better. Maybe that's the thing you're talking about, what's, what's working. Mm-hmm. The other question maybe to ask is, what is the top one or two things I could do that would have the largest positive impact on my life? That's it. You know, and I think those mm-hmm. things would be valuable. So anyway, take those for, you know, in this conversation for what it's worth. I know we kind of rambled a bit, but I, I think there's some valuable stuff in there. And uh, Cliff, do you have anything you want to say to anybody before we, uh, before we end up? Be kind to yourself and others. Always. I love that. I love, and I agree. I agree very much. Yeah. All right, brother. Hey, happy twenty twenty to you, man. And I'm looking forward yeah, yeah. to an, I'm I'm looking forward to another great year of uh of shows and working together and, and hopefully actually meeting up as we've talked about for a couple of years and not actually done. That yet. would be cool. That would be cool. That'd be really cool. So we'll we'll, we'll see what we can work out. But to everybody listening, uh, welcome to 2020 as well. Hopefully that uh, hopefully you'll be with us for the rest of the year here. We're going to have some really great guests. I, I know some of the guests we have coming up here. I'm really excited to uh, I'm really excited to have them brought on as well. So uh, from Cliff and myself, like I said, happy 2020. We'll talk to you next time. Both Cliff and I want to say Happy New Year. We want to say thank you for spending your time with us. We hope this has been useful. We hope you'll be able to use it as you go forward into the future. You can find Cliff Brooks at cliffbrooks.com. Also, southerncollectiveexperience.com. You can find me at michaelamide.com or worldpoetryopenmic.net. The music for this episode was provided by the fantastic Justin Johnson. You can find him at justinjohnsonlive.com. The goal of this podcast is to give you ideas and tactics that you can apply to your own creative life. Go out of our way to try to bring you applicable things that you can apply right away. Remember to be courageous. Do the hard work. Conquer your obstacles creatively. Learn to trust your heart. For it's easy to lose your path in this business of music. Music